0: and fellows men welcome back to another episode of the no script podcast it's your boy b-rack here daniel dutton
1: what up
0: what's going on brother just living man i see we're finally uh creating a little system here we did our 2021 wrap-up leading into 2022 episode like a week ago so now you wanted to drop this next mental health episode on them, give them your perspective of the whole thing. So you feeling pretty good? You ready to do this?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, bro, since probably our first or second episode, I've been pretty good with this. Mm. For some reason, this episode, I was getting as soon as we were getting ready to start, I was getting a little nervous. I was like, oh man, god dang. Usually I'm good. I'm like, let's go, we ready. But this one got <clears> to me a little nervous.
0: Yeah, I know we're we're picking this up. This is part two. I've already posted a couple times about part one that we've done. I gave my perspective on my personal struggles with mental health in regards to anxiety and depression and stuff. So I definitely came a long way just from that particular moment. But every now and again, like things do come up and you feel some type of way. And I know you've already touched up on your personal struggles with anxiety and depression and all that stuff. And you spoke on it on a mutual friend's podcast as well so i know some of these trials and tribulations in some of these stories but some of these folks will be hearing it for the first time so i'm um, i'm i'm ready to do this man i will add that i did mention this in the first iteration of mental health that everybody kind of goes through their own their own battles their own wars so whatever you guys hear from dan you know just we're always down with you guys Commenting in the comment section and stuff. I mean, we don't really get too offended for the most part. If we want, we would like to engage. We would like for the community to be more engaging. So, but let's just try not to be disrespectful. You know, Dan goes through his stuff. I go through mine, uh, but we're always open for conversation. But, you know, you don't have to respect us, but damn well I ain't going to let you disrespect us.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, not here. You said, like you said the first time, I'm not here to. To compare struggles everybody has you know people got it worse than i do for sure some people got it better that's just how it is i mean mm-hmm. i'm not here to say my struggle is worse than anybody else's but you know still seems like i know you know the, the world and everywhere is getting a little more open about talking about it but i feel like still you know I hear a lot of people that you know talk about it so the more that people you you know talk about it Mm-hmm. You know, even after I did that that episode on uh, Nutsi's podcast, I had a few people, you know, talk to me yeah. about it since that. I never expected anybody to talk to me about it.
0: Yeah. Re- like, I was surprised the few people that reached out to me that were like, hey, that was real commendable of you coming out and explaining things the way that you did. And I think you could probably agree. I feel more females are open in. They, they are more accepting of like their mental health struggles if they do have any, and they're more open to talk about it. They don't feel ashamed about it. I think this is probably more geared towards if we had to pick between man or woman. This is more towards the men and trying to get you out of that that man up mentality and mm-hmm. I guess feeling weak whenever you do feel this type of way about whatever it is that's giving you problems. So to jump into your portion of the whole thing, I do remember very vividly, it was some months ago. I had just left flag football. I was out in Hammond and you had given me a call and I think you were on your way to your parents and uh you basically came out and you were open about, hey, I'm I'm going to talk to a therapist. And this was like I didn't have no idea that you were even about that. And I commend you for it because not too many people, including myself, will say like or feel the need to go talk to a therapist because it gets to a point where you feel like you can't like you don't even know what you're going through and you need professional eyes from the outside to help get you through those rough patches. So Dan, I'm going to go ahead and let you take it from here, bro. The floor is yours. You go ahead yeah. and get into that.
1: Yeah. sure. that was like, I wouldn't say months. I feel like that was almost like a year or so ago. Cause it might've been. Yeah, it was, I think that was even before we were looking at houses and that that was like almost all of the beginning of last year. So yeah, I think it was, it was like over a year ago, but yeah. Um, I can start with that story, but then I'll end up going back. Also, yeah, yeah, but, sure, bro. Yeah, the, when I first started, you know, seeing that therapist that I was talking to for my anxiety, mostly anxiety. I didn't really, I don't struggle too much with like depression, mm-hmm. but it was like, uh, pretty much what she told me was like a lot of things I internalize, and uh, she was like, it'll be better if you have, you know, obviously I, I, she's not gonna tell me not to go see her. She's making money, right? But she was like, if you have a friend. That you feel like you could open up to that's like non judgmental or like will just let you talk and say whatever you know that's helpful for people so they don't have they have to have at least you know somebody else too. And obviously, I have Jessica I talk to her anytime stuff's bothering me, and a lot of times, even if I don't want to bring my problems to her, she's like freaking so in tuned with like my energies or something. I don't know what she does, but she'll look at me like, You, you doing all right? Are you okay? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine. Said, I don't know, you're, you're something's weird. And I'm like, oh yes okay this has been bothering me and then i'll eventually open it up but even after going to therapy dude as a as a guy it's still i still struggle with the like f- talking to other people about it because you kind of just want to but i'm like i don't want to bother anybody else with my issues you know I'm saying like you got your stuff going on everybody has stuff going on Like i just i'll figure it out man i'll deal with it and that was kind of what she told me if i don't talk to anybody my problem is i i'll internalize or like you know Little things like, like I tell like a story specifically to like now was, um, when Jessica was uh, getting ready to give birth to Luke, mm-hmm. they were like saying that her blood pressure was was off, so they told us to get a blood pressure machine at the house to take it and, and write it down. Turns out everything was fine. The nurse I was taking her blood pressure was messing up mm-hmm. or something, so we didn't actually have to get it. But I was downstairs like, let me check my blood pressure, and I tried it, and then I googled the numbers. I was like, oh damn, I'm dying. I was like, this ain't right. <laughs> I was like, let me try to." again. So I, I checked it again. I was like, maybe I'm just nervous. I'll try it again later tonight. And then like we were in bed and I'm like watching TV I'm like, I'm gonna get some to drink. So I came down, I looked at it, I was like, all right, calm self down, check my mm-hmm. blood pressure, checked it. High, again. I'm like, oh man. I was like, what the so I go upstairs and I'm all like, you know, my I'm not saying anything to her, but like apparently I'm either more talkative or more a little hectic energy or whatever it is. And she was mm-hmm. like Hey, what's up with you? I was like, nothing. She's like, oh, you're acting weird. What's going on? I was like, uh, okay, so I think I'm dying. I checked my blood pressure. It's super high. She said, what were your numbers? And I told her, she's like, are you kidding me? I was like, she was like, your numbers were that high? You wouldn't be normal right now. I was like, I don't know what's wrong with that machine. She was like, the machine's messed up. I don't even get correct numbers. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't know what's wrong with the machine. And then I was like, uh, okay. And then it turns out we were doing something wrong. So we fixed it. She took hers like five times in a row to make sure it was accurate. Oh, it's mm-hmm. cool. It's good. I was like, all right, cool. I'm not even going to check mine now because I don't want to know. And she's like, you're fine. You, you don't have to check it, but like you're fine. I was like, all right. So the next day I was like, all right, I know what we did wrong. So I did it right. And I checked it. I was like, oh, okay. I'm good. It's normal. But like that type of, in my head when I checked it and it was wrong and I Googled it, my anxiety went crazy. And I started thinking all the worst case scenarios like I'm going to have a heart attack in the next 10 seconds. Like, there's just something stupid like that. Like, anytime something's going wrong, if I let my anxiety get the best of me, or if I don't talk it out, as soon as I, like, told her that that was what was going on, I felt all that anxiety go away. Like, just talking it out loud and getting it out. So, that's pretty much what the that call was on my, you were, like, the first person, I, besides, like, Jessica, that I opened up to and was just like, hey, like, I'd be anxious. I mean, it's not more than just, like, the normal person. I, I you know, deal with it and just actually admitting it that's why it was like kind of emotional i was like telling you about it because i was like man i was like i don't i never told nobody and i dealt with it my whole life and eventually just like coming out and telling somebody you know it did feel a lot better and i was on my way to my parents because i was getting ready to talk to them about it too and i don't know it's like a weird thing like hey i'm going to therapy for my anxiety i don't know why it feels good to tell everybody that like you know you care about but you feel like a weight goes up. like I know they're not judging me, you know they're like, oh, okay, good, I'm glad you're mm-hmm. doing something, you know whether that you know oh we didn't know that it was that bad, and it's like you know at the time what that like what was going on so what I'll go back now to what kicked off kicked off me wanting to like go see a therapist mm-hmm. was I had like a uh, an anxiety attack we were in it started we were in Arizona. You know, we did that, that hike. I've told you the story about that hike, where that hike almost took me out. Yep. That yep. hike was... That, that's a story for another podcast, because I, I go into a half hour 45 minutes. That minute was a tough on, hike, bro. On that hike, but that thing almost... I almost checked my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is crazy, but yeah. so... Yeah, right, dude. I talked to him when I was down there. I was like, come on, please don't let me go out like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... I would that it just like I've never my body's never been pushed that hard. My mental's never been pushed that hard. I've never been broken down. So it like broke me down. And like I wasn't anxious at the time, I didn't realize I was anxious. Like we got out, we were good. I was happy. Cool. All right. Everything's good. But then like we were in Arizona at the time. COVID was going crazy. It was still kind of it was like that March or whatever when everything started happening. When we started working from home, stuff started getting weird. Yep. Everybody was freaking out. And uh, that's when we were in Arizona. And then it might've been March, but then it was also around the time where people went crazy in Chicago and started burning Chicago down and looting and like doing all this crazy stuff. Every, it wasn't just Chicago. I know there was like peaceful marches and, and portage and stuff, but like Chicago got crazy. And like the part of Chicago I lived in, there was like a mall, like a shopping center right by and they were like looting that stuff up. So like, then, like, since I was so broken down and tired, bro, my anxiety started going crazy because we were watching on Snapchat maps, just clicking on Chicago, watching all that craziness, and we're literally driving back to it, and I'm like, man, I was like, that shit was making me anxious, COVID on the news, talking about everybody's dying, I, to my anxiety it was just, was spiking, and uh, we were at the hotel, I think on our way back, we stayed in New Mexico for a night, and uh, I just had like, an anxiety attack, and we were just sitting there watching TV, I think I just came out of the bathroom, like crying and like hyperventilated just because like what's wrong calm down like and I just told her everything was going on and you know and I've had that happen in my life before where I've gotten so anxious that i was like got emotional but it's always just been to myself and I've you know at the time like what is wrong with you bro stop being, like don't act like that dude chill out there's nothing wrong with you you're mm-hmm. fine um but yeah so that after that and coming back home you know it wasn't going it wasn't going away is is like as quick as i hoped it would like i was having times where i'd wake up at 5 a.m. it was like seemed to be, i couldn't sleep i had the trouble falling asleep but for some reason 5 a.m would hit i would jump awake like like something was going like something like i was in a war so i'd jump up and be like freaking out like my heart would be racing i'd be like scared out of my mind at 5 a.m every morning i just wake up like god again bro come on man like I'd go, like, just, you know, sit on sit on the toilet or go sit on the couch and just, like, mess with my phone to distract my brain to mm-hmm. I calmed down and then try to go back to sleep. But I wasn't sleeping much. I wasn't eating much. So I didn't feel like eating. Like, fruits is, like, all I'd want to eat. I'd eat fruit and then, like, nibble on stuff throughout the day. And I just wasn't looking good. So that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to go talk to somebody. um, And that helped, man. I mean, just going to... I think I only seen her maybe, like, three or four times. And, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, mine wasn't I had a bad episode, and I know some people deal with it a lot, a lot worse. Their anxiety is a lot worse, so they have reasons for it. Like one of the things that I did never wanted to go. So I never had did like I had a reason to be anxious about anything. I had a good childhood, a good upbringing. You know, a lot of people have it a lot worse. So I was like, great parents. Yeah, I, parents. I, yeah, I was like, I don't know what I'm anxious. Yeah, you know better than anybody else. You know, great I'm, parents, great parents. So like, I don't know. Even as a kid, like after. Like, when I went to therapy and I talked to her, she's, like, obviously, she wants to know your background, so she asked you, like, well, now that you know what anxiety is, when it's the first time you remember feeling it, and then now when I look back, I'm like, shoot, I was anxious, I feel like my whole life, and, like, as a kid, I was always anxious to, like, do stuff, I'd always add, even, like, kicking it with you guys, I'd ask him a whole bunch, who's there, what are we doing, anybody else coming, are we going anywhere else, like, I feel like I had to know every detail before I wanted to go somewhere because anytime something changed, I'd be like, oh, shoot. Like, I'd get – for some reason, I'd I'd get anxious or I'd always want a, a way out. So, like, oh, we're going somewhere. I'll drive. Is it go. like
0: – do you ever feel like – and this is the first time I'm asking this too – like an anticipation of danger or is it just like because yeah. – like it's one of those things where you need to know like all of the details before you go and do something?
1: Yeah, like when my – my anxiety always went like worst case scenario. So I was like, "Oh, where are we going? Oh, we're mm-hmm. going. Uh, we're gonna go here. Uh, do I know everybody that's there? Is somebody there gonna want to start some shit with with the homies? Or, like, is everybody there cool? Like, uh, what's going like that type of stuff? Like, my brain would always like anytime we stepped out to go to like, you know, somebody's party or anything. In my head, I was like, "All right, man, we are about to fight. I mean, I can't fight. <laughs> you like, know? Was like, you be alcohol no there? I ain't twenty one. Yes, yeah, like, I can't drink." I was like, what if the, if, 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 that's why like, I'd go to parties and not drive, just kick it because like, I was afraid that something would happen. I'd have to drive and I couldn't. And like, my parents were cool, they always obviously didn't want me drinking underage, but yeah. the the conversation was, if you make a mistake, you do something wrong by drinking, don't make another mistake by drive. We'll come get you. You know, we're obviously going to have a conversation. I'm not telling you, you don't have free range to go drink and just pick you up. We're not your Uber, but don't make that, that second mistake, which is a great thing. Like, some parents are like, "Don't you ever drink?" And oh, like they get on their kids too much, and like mm-hmm. somebody's gonna end up drinking and driving. So I just never wanted to have that conversation. I didn't want to be like, "Hey, I'm drunk, you gonna pick me up?" Yeah. So like, yep. I just wouldn't drink because I, I wanted to feel like I still had control over like myself. If something went wrong, I was able to get out of any situation. And like, I remember even like younger than younger than that, man. I uh, as a kid. I always remember being, like, super afraid of, like, it's kind of embarrassing now, but, like, afraid of thunderstorms. But in my head...
0: I was like that, too.
1: I always thought the thunderstorms were going to turn into a tornado. The house same. I was in was going to cave in on me, and I was going to die.
0: All all the material was going to fly off the ground, and <laughs> it was just going to be me in my bed, looking up <laughs> at, at the sky, and just a big-ass <laughs> cyclone. Dude, I felt the same way, bro.
1: <laughs> so, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, most people like, oh, thunderstorms, oh, it's loud, it might scare me. But, like, my anxiety, in my brain always took me to the worst case, and my worst case was always dying. So it'd be like uh, a tornado comes through, and I would get crushed and die. And realistically, we get tornadoes here in the Midwest, but we don't get them like that, not like, like in crazy.
0: Tennessee or Kentucky places like that.
1: Yeah, like, uh, like the Tornado Alley where they get giant ones. Like mm-hmm. we don't get them like that. We'll get them, but like you know, to like houses and stuff, it's not as bad as I expected it to be. Or right. I thought for sure this is what's going to happen. So I, my brain always went worst case scenario for everything. that's like kind of where my anxiety was like, she said, she would tell me I have intrusive thoughts is the word they use. And you don't, you got to learn to control them or let them just come in and leave. So like mm-hmm. if something comes in, that's like crazy, that bothers me. I'm supposed to just let it go. If it's something, obviously that I really need to know, or like, if there's a situation, you know, i say like you have to to deal with it, but yeah, man, that was like my big thing, was this all the time? Was like the intrusive thoughts were worst case scenario for everything. And that's what, like, it even got to me in sports, like playing baseball. I was good in baseball. I never practiced. I wish if I went back, I would probably apply myself. Cause I made all star teams like all the time in ported, for Portage Little League, like, you know, playing with Miles and them. They always, I was always out there with them, Damien and them. Like, it was yeah. fun. But like, when we would play, maybe that's why I was so anxious. I might have been a good baseball player because I thought every ball was gonna get hit right to me at a rocket speed, and it was gonna hit a rock and bounce up and hit me right in the face, like that. Every that's what all I thought about was like, all right. So when I get out there, I'm like, you know, get to. I played second. I'd look around the dirt, kick big rocks away from where I'm standing. I just make sure it's all nice and cleaned over there. So I'm not trying to catch a rock like a rock and just get hit right in the face. So I was always ultra ready for every ball that got hit to me, which made me a great fielder. On the other side, I wasn't a great – once we got older, I wasn't a great batter because I thought I was going to get beamed with the ball, mm-hmm. and it would hurt. And, and realistically, like, that is – I got hit with the ball. Like, when I look at it now, I'm like, dude, you get hit with the ball. Who cares? It's going to hurt for a second. Like, now that I'm older and, like, I can handle these thoughts, but I'm like, dude, it's going to hurt for, like, a second. But in my head, I was like, dude, I'm going to get hit. Like, it's going to hit me in the neck. It's going to – like, my esophagus is going to collapse. I'm not going to be able to breathe. Or it's gonna me, <laughs> it's going to hit me in the head and I'm going to get knocked unconscious. Or it's so, going to so hit me extra. in the ribs, and it's going to break and puncture my Like, that's how I thought, dude. The ball's going to go right through me. <laughs> like, I was such a, such an idiot that it would go so <laughs> far in my head, and I would just let these these things build up. So once kids my age started being able to throw, like, curveballs and stuff like that where the ball's coming at you and then breaks in, mm-hmm. like, I, I just – I always look stupid because it started coming at me, and I'd move out the way, and then it, it cut in for a strike, and I'm like, oh, man, now I look like an idiot. So what, I got on base a lot because I took a lot of pitches, but I, anytime I see a ball that wasn't moving, if it was a you know fastball or straight ball, make, I'm hitting it. Inside the strike zone or outside the strike zone, I'm making contact. I'm trying to get out of that batter's box as fast as possible.
0: But there's two things that I kind of recognize throughout the whole thing, even before this when you explained to me in the past, is one word that pops up in my head is control. Mm-hmm. And not control so much as like, I need to be in control of everything, like, in a manipulative manipulative manner. But, like you said, when you were playing baseball when you were younger, you tried to take out every variable you could that you Mm -hmm. could control to make sure that you could field this ball as best as possible. When it was time to go to a party or whatever the case, an outing, it was always, like, who's going to be there? Where's it at? Who's driving? This, that, and the third. It's like you – that those were all microcosms of of the big the macro of you of knowing you, like you're a detailed man like you want to know the ins and outs you want to know worst case scenario you need a backup plan and now I think it's to the point where it's not so detrimental but like I feel like it's to more of your benefit now too like because it's good to know those details about those things but it's not bad to the point where it's it's a negative impact on you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, like once we got a little older and like going out to like bars and, and clubs and stuff was like the thing, you know, we'd go do or something or with some other friends. I liked it. If one of my homies hit me up, was like, hey, you want to come to the house? Like my boy, Mike, like, you want to come to the house? We're going to kick it. We could just, you know, get some beer, some drink and just play video games. Like, I love that way more than like, oh, you want to go out to the bar? And it's like, ah, there's so many people at the bar. Everybody's drinking and stupid. If I'm out and I'm I'm usually the one driving because I, I'm in case anything happens, I want to be able to drive. So I don't yeah. really drink when we're out. And like, yeah, yeah. So like that, that was the thing, like control, but like always just making sure that like wherever I'm at, there's I know there's some level of like safety. Cause I always thought something crazy was gonna happen. Even time after time and nothing happening. And even if there was something that happened, like somebody like we bumped into each other at the at the bar and like there was like, you know most dudes when you bumping at the bar? Oh, dude, my bad. Like, they're just so, so cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty solid. So it's like, you know, it was just my head running crazy with, you know, with these thoughts. And I'm glad when I finally started going to therapy at when I did it's just because now, I mean, we're at now. I have way more pressure, way more weight on my shoulders. I bought a house, you know, I have a baby. Like I got to know how to keep myself in check, you know, for that type of stuff. Um, and like the therapy helped a lot, you know, and I've talked to you about about that too, but I think some of the one of the biggest things for me, which is not I guess not for everybody, but you know, I was raised in the church. I went to church with my grandma all the time, me and my brother. Mm-hmm. And uh I always had my my faith. I always, I mean, I got it tattooed on me. I mm-hmm. always had a Bible in the house. I always made sure that like anytime I did feel real bad, I'd pray. But, like, it was always there, but I just wasn't practicing. I wasn't reading the Bibles that I had. I wasn't doing anything. It wasn't as strong as what it could be. Yeah. So then when, like, I'd go to therapy and it started helping, but then even then I kept having issues with sleep and eating, you know, she was like, well, if you can't sleep, try taking, like, some sleep aid. Like, because what happens is, like, if you're so anxious, you're not sleeping well, your brain, like tries to repair or, like, reset when you're sleeping. Like, sleep, a good sleep is important for your brain and mental health. So, like, I was just in a loop of not sleeping well, being anxious, not doing anything all day. I'd wake up, work from home a little bit, just sit there anxious while I'm working, and then, like, try to, like, play video games. But, like, I even video games I, like, couldn't even, like, focus on because I was just so, like, anxious about everything. Like, I would play, but, like, I'm just, like, barely talking. Like, I wasn't into it as much. And like this, like was going on for a few days, and Jessica was like, "Well, let's go exercise." She was trying to help me get out and do stuff. So I went. Like I was, I'm gonna go by myself. And like I don't know what it is, dude. Like I didn't have like crazy things going on in my life, but like I took off running to exercise, and like I started like that energy started coming out. I was like started like tearing up while I was running. I'm Like what is what is going on with me? Mm-hmm. I was like and I couldn't figure it out. So like I was like all right, well therapy's helping me learn to control my thoughts, but I'm still feeling this this anxious. So I was like on my phone one night on TikTok and I came across this uh, this dude talking about like some Bible verses and stuff. And I was like, oh I'm gonna listen to this guy. So I was like listening to I went to his page. I like, scrolled through. It was all you know like Bible related. I was like, I'm gonna follow this guy. Like I want to get some more of this. You know, like TikTok's an algorithm, the more you click on things, the you, you'll see it more. Then I started then I seen a Christian rapper. I was like, oh man, this dude's music sounded nice. I like this. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm, I'm going to give it a listen. I started listening to it. So then I started like getting more of that stuff. So I was like more TikTok that I was getting like Bible-related like content, stuff like that, broken down into like a 30-second video, which is nice because I, I can get what I need. And that was helping me. So then I started praying more. I started talking to my grandma about it because uh, she's the one who would take us to church. And honestly, it helped me a whole lot uh, just getting back to my faith and one of the things that like honestly like there was a, a few things that happened within that year of me like trying to get back that pretty much like solidified my faith and i know like since then i've been good anxiety wise and that one was like pretty much what i found out in therapy was all of my my like worst case scenario ends up with me dying and she's like why are you so afraid of death and i was like well shouldn't everybody be i mean she's like well i don't think about it all the time i was like well yeah." i mean for me it freaks me out right and i was like telling her like i have faith she's like so then what are you worried about and i was like i I shouldn't be and i realized i well if i believe this i shouldn't be because i know what where i'm going afterwards yeah and it's better than here so i should be cool with it Yep. so i was like maybe I'm, i'm not as strong in my faith." so then i started like praying more too and one of the things that happened to me is like I had a dream and I know some people believe dreams are just dreams. Some people like, Oh, whatever you're thinking about can show up in your dream. To me, I think not all the time, but some like uh, random dreams don't mean nothing, but sometimes right. a dream can be, could actually mean something and do something for you. And, uh, you know, to me, I had this dream that the world was ending and that was it. And I was like, well, I it's not I don't have no control now because the thing was whatever the dream happened like the the atmosphere opened up we were losing oxygen by the second the news was like there's probably we have like an hour maybe where there's gonna be no more oxygen left and everybody's gonna suffocate and die so sorry Mm -hmm. and I was like damn so I I uh, I was with Jessica we just went outside and I was like all right well she was just we just were looking at the sun just taking it all in and then I in my dream just remember like feeling like oh i could feel the oxygen going away and then everything went black like in my dream i felt everything go black and then for like a second and then i everything opened back up but i wasn't where i was at when it went dark i was in some like random like really nice looking neighborhood Mm -hmm. um and it's like to me what i say is it felt like heaven But not because of how it looked. Like, I wasn't in a cloud city. It wasn't gold. And, like, I wasn't kicking it with, like, Jesus or anything like that. But, like, the way I felt was, like, there's all these people outside. But it's, like, as I'm walking, they look like strangers to me. I couldn't tell who was who. But, like, I felt that, like, everybody loved me, that I was near. And I loved everybody around me. And, like, it felt so strong that I was, like, this is what, like... To me, what it's, what heaven would be about, like, everybody's going to love each other. There's not going to be any hate or anything. And I was just, like, pure, just felt like pure love. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was so strong that I woke up and I started crying. I was, like, in tears. And like Jessica was like, what's wrong? I told her about the dream. And since then, I didn't have any, like, crazy anxiety attacks since or any crazy, like, therapy helped me control my thoughts. Like, whenever, if I have a thought process starts going bad, I could learn how to, like, stop that. So that's good. Uh, but, you know, get that dream kind of stopped those, like, waking up at 5 a.m., freaking out. Like, ever yep. since that dream, I stopped waking up, freaking out. I was cool to eat. My hunger came back. I was able to eat and everything. Like, I stopped being, like, having that anxious energy all day. So, I was like, all right. To me, that was that was God telling me, hey, relax, dude. Like Everything's going to be fine. Like, you don't need to, like, don't be worried. So, I took that as as how I felt. And you would tell it to anybody, everybody has their own beliefs. And some people are like that's just your dream. Man. It don't mean nothing. But it did to me and that helped. So then, yeah. you know, within that that year, I start, you know, praying more, reading the Bible more, trying to get, you know, keep keeping with the momentum of what made me feel better. And you know, at the time, you know, I was watching I was still every now and then I'd struggle with doubt. You know, I'd have those thoughts creep in and I'd be like, oh, you know, like It'd be weird, man. I'd just be outside with the dogs. And like I had I was praying maybe like three or four times a day because like I, those thoughts kept popping up. Mm-hmm. Like, what if it's not real? What if this ain't real? Like it just I felt like I was being attacked by these thoughts all the time. Like the more I tried to read and get closer to God and like read the Bible and like get get like reaffirmed with my faith, it felt like these thoughts were just constantly coming at me. And I was like, dude, like I literally be outside with the dogs and be like, What if God's not real? What if nothing's real? Nothing happens when you die. And I'm like Bro, I'm just out here enjoying the morning sun. Like why do why does this Mm -hmm. why does these thoughts gotta pop up?
0: A lot of people of faith would say that that's the devil trying to sway you.
1: That's how I felt to
0: make you to tug you away from that belief, bro.
1: And that's how I felt because it, it legit felt like my thoughts were attacking my belief. And I'm like, what the hell dude? Like I was good for a little bit. Then it started happening. Like, it felt like as I read it got closer, the more and more, like I stopped listening to all music on my playlist. only listened to a few of the Christian rappers that I liked, you know, I was trying to do it as best I could. And these thoughts kept coming up. And uh, so I was having, I was having these, you know, just these random, you know, feelings of like doubt. And I remember one morning, you know, I got up. I had all these doubts. I was showering. And while I was showering, I was praying that, like, I you know. I was like, hey, I know. When I was, like, talking to God while I was praying. Like, I know I got that dream. I appreciate that dream. made me feel better. But, like, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with doubt. Can you show yourself to me somehow, some way? And, like, I was just going to keep praying that prayer until, like, something happened. I didn't know that day something was going to happen where I felt like he was showing himself to me. And what happened was um, a friend of Jessica's family came over. And uh, he was, he got COVID real bad. Um, and it it beat him up where he was like, he was, you know, put into a coma. And uh, he, he was telling the story about it. He was pretty much saying that like when he first, uh, as he was getting ready to go in that coma, the last thing he remembers was the nurse saying it's not looking good for him. And then he went under, he couldn't remember anything else. Uh, he said the next thing he remembers was like kind of waking up in like a field. And then in the distance, on the hill, he seen a guy on a horse, a white horse, and he he said he just knew it was it was Jesus. He said he just everything in him like looked at him was like in awe, like this is Jesus. And then as he came riding over the hill, and like the Bible talks about, you know, like Jesus being on a white horse type of thing, and uh, he said uh, behind him was all these angels on horses as well. They had their wings out, but they're riding horses towards him. And he said, in that moment, he felt such a relief, like oh, I made it, I made it. Like, mm-hmm. he's so happy. But then he had a moment where he got kind of sad. Like, oh, my daughter just had a baby, you know. So he, he had that emotion while he was there. Like, he was still conscious of his regular life. Like, mm-hmm. the things that were he was leaving behind. And then he said the the rider rode up to him and just told him, like, hey, it's not your time. You know, my son or whatever. Go back. And then next thing I know, he was waking up in, like, the bathroom. Or not the bathroom. The uh, bedroom of his hospital, right? The hospital bed. And he had the tube in his throat and everything, and he's trying to get their attention, but he could barely move and talk. So he's like, he's like wiggling his finger as the nurse like walks by to get, his, get her attention. And he he caught her like pocket of her scrub to like get her attention. And then like freaked out, oh, God, he's back. And like, no, he's made a full recovery since. But like, he told me that story that more, I had no idea this dude was coming over. I, and I, I didn't, I think that was my first time meeting him, but I would just remember praying that like, I I want like can I can you show yourself to me somehow because I'm struggling with doubt, and then this dude comes up and tells us this story and like dude, I I was I had like chills I was holding back like, like some tears I was like dude this is it was powerful to me,
0: nothing short of a miracle honestly I, I mean, was I was when like, you told me yeah. that I was blown I was like what and you like anybody else that I guess that doesn't have a strong faith, or are like they're like doubtful of you know where you go like life after death it's you'll never know what that feeling is like unless you actually went through what that guy saw and felt. yeah we've never had i've never had a near-death experience like that where i can say i like i thought i saw god or jesus or whatever but like that guy can and whether you believe it or not it doesn't really matter because he's he's here to tell the story
1: yeah yeah and what and i think what gives like a bad rap i know some people are like they don't believe in in religious because of the bad rap it gets from certain things like yeah i'm sure there's people out there who's faked this experience to write a book to make money Mm -hmm. and i'm sure that that's happened but my man he's not writing a book he's not telling he's not putting on facebook getting tons of followers or going on tiktok making videos He's just living his normal life that he was just sharing it with the people like you know in, in where he's from he's he you knows a a preacher so I mean he tells his you know the people at his church but he's not making anything off of this. He's just telling his story. And then like yeah, the absolutely. next like and I told him like hey you know I need to hear that dude like I I was praying that I would hear something and he was just like that's good. He was like you know I didn't know who was going to take that story. And have any reaction to it He's like I just I, I want to tell my story He's like anytime you feel that need to tell your story Tell it because it could help somebody And that's kind of why I was like hey I hate you up this week Like hey I, I want to do this episode Because someone was telling me like hey you know get that out there mm-hmm. So I mean, And I had
0: just told you uh, What was it yesterday or the day before When we were talking I forgot what day you said you wanted to drop the episode It might have been yesterday But one of my boys hit me up and we're just having casual conversation and he's just like, and he's one of the, like I said, you never really know what people are going through. I don't care how happy they look or, you know, how successful they are in their lives. Like they're, you're only going to know a certain version of what they allow to show themselves like to you. Mm -hmm. But one of my boys, he was going through some things like some internal issues, like, and he really couldn't understand why. And I'm just like, I was blown away. But because I've heard similar, uh, troubles from my other boys and stuff like that you know i'm kind of just reassuring them like hey like you're gonna get through this like you know find the source of the problem see like you said see if it's something that you can control and either that thought you accept it and let it exit your mind or you see if you can remedy that situation you know in a healthy fashion Which mm-hmm. just crazy
1: yeah yeah i mean and like everybody you know like you said in the beginning reacts to things differently so mm-hmm. i mean it could be nothing to you but like it could be like something big for somebody else and sometimes you can't control it like when i was anxious like that it honestly just felt like my brain was attacking me i'm like bro what is like i'd feel fine for a moment and then all of a sudden just a rush of anxiety would hit me and it's like dude what is going on
0: like and like the emotions are on a hundred yeah
1: and it's just like ultra you just like ultra sensitive to like everything that like because you're not getting good sleep so like you're just you usually get stuck in a cycle until you break it, and some people have to work harder than others. I mean, I got lucky. I went to therapy a few times. Found out my issue was I need to talk things out. If I hold them in, they'll manifest and manifest and manifest until it's bigger. So if something creeps in my mind I, that if it's some random stupid thought, I can let it go. But if it's like like say like what's the, the blood pressure thing, if I just would have went upstairs, like is this thing right? Okay, like <laughs> what's up with this thing? Like then it it would have been fine. I literally got blood work done, you know, not too long ago, and it's like I have there's nothing, everything's normal. everything's fine. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, just random stuff like that. It's like, mm-hmm. I just need to talk it, get it out, and then I feel better. And then everything in between, like the crisis of what's going on with you know life after death that was like, I need to go back to my faith. And those two, the two stories I had there, um I have two two more things that happened within the same year that that kind of helped me was you know, <laughs> I was talking to my grandma and I was telling her about, you know, how I was feeling one time. And most of the Bibles I have, pretty much all the Bibles I have have been gifts from her that she's given me. And uh, she's like, got your Bible? You need to turn to this page. And uh, so I heard this, this chapter verse where if so I opened it up, she already had stuff highlighted in there, dude. Like, mm-hmm she had verses that she wanted me to read highlighted and she told me to turn that page it was highlighted I'm like to me that hit me like like, oh wow like okay so I read it then she sent me to another one I went to another one read it and like one of the ones that I read I couldn't remember what the verse was at the moment but like it just hit me hard and I was like oh wow okay like I needed that like I'm glad I reached out and asked her because whatever I read it like choked me up because it was like spot on I was like alright okay I'm good you know and then off the top of her head, you know, they're making that, that they're giving me that gift of a Bible and just highlighting things randomly throughout that she would assume know that I would need at some point in my life to hear. You know, to me it was crazy. I was like, "Oh, okay, I see." You, grandma,
0: grandma just knows. Grandma <laughs> just knows, and like, not to get like biblical or philosophical here, but I think the point is, is that you got to shout to the therapist that you were able to talk to because you got through the root of the problem which was you like to internalize things right yeah. and one of the major things was is that you were very very self-conscious about death or the the thought of dying but it all came full circle of you were raised in some type of faith and you were close to god at one point and one day it took you know either an event or a conversation with your grandmother like wow I'm not I'm not as close to God as I thought I was because if I was then I would realize that there's a uh, happy everlasting paradise on the other side even after death so I shouldn't be afraid of dying because I feel like if you tell that story to or if you would have told your fear of dying to anybody else any other person could have been like well everybody dies so what, what does that do for me what like that doesn't make me feel any better about how I'm feeling right now you know
1: hmm yeah and i and what's crazy is i guess some people don't think about it don't care to think about it like i've had like being an engineer and going to school for engineering most of the people i was surrounded with in college were all scientific type people so if the conversation came up they're like yeah it's it you know big bang is how we got here and you know when it's over it's over that's it and like to them the way like you'd hear some people say it is like such common sense like yeah dude and it's like well to be honest, you don't know that. Just like I don't, like, you could say, like, you don't know there's a God. So I was like, okay, I haven't personally met him. I've felt him, I feel, and mm-hmm. it feels real. I was like, but you can't tell me you felt the Big Bang because, like, that is still a theory in the science. Even, the, yep. even like, okay, well, we evolved. Even that is called the evolution theory. It's still a theory. There's no fact. And it's like, well, either the Bible is no fact. It's like, cool, I hear you. Like, yeah, you can use that. But you can't, like, say yours is a fact and mine's not with, yours is still a theory, too, you know? And it's like, I'm not, like, what Kanye say on Jesus Walks, I'm not here to convert atheists into believers. Yep. You No, know? like, that's not what I'm here for. I'm telling my story. But at the time, I'd argue with those dudes every day if they wanted to. And to me, that didn't make sense. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, just big bang. Now we're here. I was like, does that make sense? Does that really makes sense to you? Like. If you think – if you really think about it, like take away – well, that's us the us in class and think real hard. Does it make sense to you that, that out of ones, you... like, okay, what happened before the Big Bang? If that's what started everything, how did the universe get here? It just always that's was. Like, I was like okay. – It's like you guys know
0: – like we live on Earth, right? And uh, what is it? 70% of the planet is covered in water, something like that? Yeah. And we've only discovered like – three percent of of what's in the ocean but i'm supposed to believe that you guys know so much about space that millions upon billions of years ago that this was all created by like a flash a simple flash
1: yeah yeah exactly and they call it like a singularity like the singularity thing happened everything blew up from there and they still say that like we're still expanding like we're still our galaxy and everything's still moving and it's Mm -hmm. like to me that makes way less sense than like they're like, Well, who made God? And it's like, and this is what like I like TikTok because I learned things that I wouldn't have learned or, or think about things a certain way. And they say, Well, who made God? And I was like, okay, well, you gotta think of like you're trying to put God in the bubble of what we know. Like and logically. Yeah, I was like, you can't do that. And for one, our universe exists, there has to be time and matter. For anything to exist, right? And Mm -hmm. he's outside of that. So it's like there's no, for something to be created in our universe, there has to be a beginning, there has to be matter. So you expect him to be started from somewhere, but he started this. He's outside of our realm of like understanding that, Mm -hmm. like, you can't be like, well, who created God? Okay, if that's the route you wanna take, who created the universe? If you wanna think a singular explosion caused this perfect planet to be in the perfect spot. Where we have night and day things grow so we could eat animals thrive so we could eat. The atmosphere is perfect for us to breathe. Mm. We're not, if we're, you know, an if inch we're closer close, to the sun, we're, we're on fire. If we're an inch away from the sun, we then we're froze. Yeah. Like and you're going to tell me that this was an accident. And that chance. We, yeah, We started as a single cell organism and evolved to have millions of species of animals and people to me that doesn't make sense
0: yeah and that and that for for all those and and honestly i'm the type that's open to like i do have faith in god and then i do i'm intrigued by what science has to provide as Mm -hmm. far as like the origin stories and stuff like that so i'm open to whatever i'm not here to dispute uh or debunk or confirm or deny any of that information but like it does it's wild to me like for so for millions upon billions of years i'm supposed to believe that every planet has just been able to stay in rotation in this constant like like this constant rotation and distance all this this whole time this entire time it's just it's mind-blowing and maybe i need to sit down with the scientists so they can give me further information on it but personally i don't know any so
1: yeah and everything's still expanding and moving and it's been you know thousands and millions of years of moving and expanding then why from the beginning of time can we go outside the same and look up and see the North Star or see the stars in the same exact spot? Like stuff I mean, like that. Like, oh, those are so far away. That light is so many years old by the time it gets here. Cool, fine, I understand. I'm not saying maybe every time I go outside, I should see it somewhere else. But you're gonna see. you tell me since we started looking up and seeing the stars since the beginning of time till now, it hasn't moved. It's still in the same spot. <laughs>
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, like what? You can't give me some evidence that confirms you know your thoughts you know your hypothesis or something but so to not get into like a crazy astronomical like conversation and stuff when we were talking about you finally getting around to like talking to a therapist and stuff I remember one of the things when we touched upon uh, my portion was getting away from that that man up mentality Mm -hmm. and I remember you would give instances when you were younger and you would feel any type of anxiety or something felt off that you would tell yourself that, like, man, quit being a bitch. Like why are you acting like this? And I think <laughs> it comes from the mentality of a man. Like what did we say? The, our dads and maybe even our grandparents, like, I just feel like anxiety and depression. I, I know, I know they felt it like they had to have felt it because you feel every other emotion. How do you not feel those things? But I felt like as a man, when they were growing up, you just, You didn't talk about those things because it wasn't what a man was supposed to be. Like you were supposed to bite. You were supposed to be this strong, you know, supportive, like nothing can break me. You won't see me cry. And and I don't know who started that mentality, but it carried over all the way up until I would say our generation to where we're basically able to talk about it a little bit more within the last like three to five years than Mm -hmm. anybody ever has been before, you know.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, and I don't know, like I said, I don't know how far back it goes. I could only think that, like, our parents' parents or like their parents, how far back. I mean, we had wartime parents that you know, the draft you had to go to the military, you didn't have a choice. You come back, and like, they didn't talk about what happened over there, right, or how it affected them now. So it's like they, you know, tried to be like stern, tough, nothing hurt me, whatever they seen over there, they've seen how the world is and my what i think could happen was they went out there they seen some crazy stuff realized how easy we have it here and then mm-hmm. maybe they just try to like tell their kids like no, you know you got to be tough tough it out you don't have any issues you should see what happened over there you ain't got there's you got no reason to be upset about nothing right and then it turns into mm-hmm. like all right well i can't not I, I can't show emotion type of thing or don't cry that's that's for girls you know don't cry you know like that type of stuff, and yeah, dude, I remember even being a little kid, you know, elementary school, middle school. Anytime that I'd had those feelings, I'd be like, "Dude, stop being a bitch, dude. What is wrong with you?" Or even like, like you said, stepping out to like any type of event. If I felt like that, I'd be like, "What is wrong with you, dude?" Like, and then, stop and being a just, bitch, bro. Man up. Like, you're gonna go kick with the homies, or you're gonna go play mm-hmm. something. Ain't hey, like nothing gonna happen.
0: Yeah, but you see what that, but you see what that narrative and mentality starts though when, when you're pounded in your head so much of like this is what a man should be and like how he should carry himself and how he should act that you start to struggle when you do feel that sense of like sadness or anxiety or something's really bothering you you start having internal battles with yourself because you're like you feel those emotions but then you're fighting it you're like no I'm not supposed to feel this way and then it just it, you just implode and then you internalize it so much it ends up exploding at the wrong time in the wrong conversation to the wrong people and like primarily it it probably has nothing to do with that particular moment but that moment set it off and you Mm -hmm. finally just couldn't control it no more like and then you just break down yeah
1: and then it just comes out and it's like you know they say like anxiety is a human a human thing like that's from our flight or fight instincts and some people it kicks in for little things. Some people, it doesn't, you know, everybody experiences it different, but you know, like I said, to me, obviously the religious part helped me the most, but th- therapy definitely helped me understand it more and being able to be like, all right, this is what's going on. i being able to like notice it right away when now if mm-hmm. something starts creeping I'm like, like, come on, bro, you ain't getting me this time. I know what's going on here. And, like, now I can could, I could just nip in the bud right away. Or if it gets – if I do let it get in a little deeper, I know. Just talk to Jessica or talk to somebody. Get it out. Get it off your chest, and you'll feel better. And, you know, I think that's that's for Anybody, like, everybody that struggles with it, even, even a little bit, if you – like, I didn't know how to handle it until I went and talked to somebody who could tell me how to handle it. And, like, little things were, like, when these thoughts are coming on a lot – you know, they. Your mind is so powerful and so like strong. You control what you're thinking, but sometimes you you can't. It just these thoughts flood you, but you can't control how much weight you give to these thoughts. Mm-hmm. So a negative thought will come in. Do you focus on it or do you just like watch it go by and then move on? Like a thought pop in, like oh, this is gonna happen. Eh, probably not. It's okay. Whatever. Let it go. If that doesn't work, if it digs in a little deeper, you know. Another thing. Okay, go ahead. Focus on that thought. Think about it. Is it? Is it? Is it real? Okay. Is this thunderstorm, or is this as a kid, is this thunderstorm going to cause a tornado and rip your house off? Probably not. Okay. You're fine. Okay. Is it a real threat? You're going somewhere. Is there some? Is there really anything going to happen? Mm-hmm. Probably not. No. Okay. Then you're you're good. Like focus. Either it's just letting it go by, or focusing on it and seeing it to the end. Trying to be logical. Or it's if it digs in even more, and you start getting anxious, and they teach you like breathing techniques, <clears throat> like certain things to do. Like one of the things that I learned is like if it really is getting to you, where like your your breathing's not helping, was kind of reset your brain a little bit. You do a couple of things. Like one is like if you have a ball, and you just throw it from left hand to right hand back and forth. Like mm-hmm. you're engaging each side of your brain because you know one side controls one side and one controls the other, so exactly. you're you focus on that and then it kind of like resets your brain because now your brain's going back and forth on what you're doing, right? And then once you get out of that, then you can be like, All right, breathe, I'm good, whatever I was thinking about was nonsense, like I'm good to, to keep going, like that's it.
0: I think another thing that uh, a guy should be asking themselves too if if they have any doubt. Or maybe even think that, oh, I don't, I don't have an issue with anxiety. Like, my life is great and stuff like that. Like, are there times where you're maybe, like, out of character where, like, maybe something comes up? Are you more inclined to shut down if maybe your significant other senses something was wrong? Like, you know, like you said, Jessica has the intuition when she knows the vibe is off. She knows, you know, what's up. But you're the type of person that... <clears throat> is open and willing now to talk about it more without it being like an argument. Mm -hmm. So as a guy, you need to ask yourself, okay, do you get defensive? Do you start to get angry? Do you shout at that person? Do you have unhealthy remedies to get away from that feeling because you're having trouble expressing if you do have sadness, you know, or something bothering you, do you go out and drink? You know, do you go to sleep to try to suppress those thoughts? I, I, and, you, those are questions you have to ask yourself. I'm not saying that those are healthy or unhealthy. I'm just gonna say that maybe drinking heavily in general is not good for your health. But you need to ask yourself: Is am I having a anxiety issues? And then if I am, am I doing things that are out of character that may that may be deemed unhealthy? And if it is, then maybe it is go you know go talk to somebody. Like your outlet was. <clears throat> you know, you finally came around to talking to a therapist. And I remember when you called, when you called that day and I got a football and, um, and you start breaking down, man. And, and because we've known each other for almost 20 years and I just like love all my friends in general. Like I, I can definitely empathize with what people are feeling. Like I started tearing up because I could just hear the pain in your voice and like that struggle. And I knew it wasn't going to be one of those things where it's just like, you're going to wake up the next day and everything was going to be fine. Like, cause I just know that's not how that goes. So I was super, super happy for you to one, finally open up but two, like get that help because as a guy, it's not easy to admit that something's wrong. Another guy mentality, like you don't want to be a failure. Yeah. And now in your case too, it's, you know, you're a new dad now, you know, looking to get married soon. So those thoughts, I'd be in the same boat as you, bro. It's, you always want to be a step ahead of the game. You want to be that provider. You want to be successful. You want to make sure everything is as perfect as can be. So I feel like those thoughts are always going to be there and anxiety and being anxious can be, you know, a good or bad feeling. Like you could be anxious about going to your own wedding or when your bride's about to walk down the aisle, be anxious about showing up to a vent, you know? So it can be good or bad. Yeah. But... Some
1: anxiety is good. Absolutely. And, you know, so it's like I, I'm not trying to run from any time I feel anxious. Like sometimes you, you need that feeling. I mean, that's your fight or flight. Keeps and you on it, your toes. Yeah. It, you know, keeps you alert and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, you know, you said being a guy in the mid and it's hard, dude. Like going and seeing the therapist was a hard step to take. And like going, like I almost the day I had to go, I didn't I didn't want to go. I was gonna cancel. Mm-hmm. I was gonna make up any excuse not to go just because I, I didn't feel like I had I've I didn't feel like I had it hard enough to need to talk to somebody. Because like my life was pretty it's been pretty easy to mm-hmm. the point where I'm like, bro, I, I know people have it way worse than this. Like I shouldn't be talking to somebody. But you know, I went and like I said, I've only I only went like three or four times. I got what I needed out of it and that's that's it like I'm not saying like if you have problems you should go see somebody all the time some people may need to see people more often but like just to learn like some of those skills but honestly just admitting it to somebody else was even harder than like that's why I felt so emotional So I was like dude I don't want to tell somebody but they said like it's healthy to talk about it with other people in your life and I was like well I was like I might as well you know like I'll take your advice to talk about it. I mean, it, it, it sucks to, like, open up to somebody and be like, yeah. you know, Especially it, a stranger, too. <laughs> yeah. Especially a stranger. Yeah, so I didn't know her. I talked to her, you know. But even then, like, calling you and telling you or when I went and talked to my parents. Like, I, I think I was with my parents. I think I stayed the night, and I didn't know when I was going to talk to them. I don't think I, I mentioned it until I was getting ready to leave. Like, yeah. I was there the whole day before, the, mm-hmm. before that night, and then um, I just was like to – getting ready to leave. I was, like, anxious. I don't know why. It's not like, what my parents going to say? I'm like, hey, I'm going to therapy because I'm anxious. Like, there's they're not going to say anything negative. They're going to be, like, anything concerned. Like, okay, why well, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm getting better. Okay, good. Like, we're glad you're getting better and you're doing what you need to do. Um, but for some reason, I just, I, anytime I would talk about it, I would get emotional. And I didn't want them to think I was having some crazy crisis and, like, things were going bad. Like, right. I just, anytime I, the type of person I am, if I talk about it, at the time before I was comfortable talking about it, I'd get emotional about it and then make it feel like so much worse. So I, like, I don't want them to think I'm going, like I'm losing it or like I'm having crazy life struggles. I was like, I'm just at the moment I'm being real anxious. And then, you know, it nobody maybe you felt, knew about it.
0: And maybe at the time it, it was maybe hard to open up to somebody to say that you are going to therapy. Cause I know when I was what, 23 22 or 23 maybe there was like a certain instance that came up and then one of my friends was like well maybe you should go talk to somebody and in my head i like i got offended by that because it made me feel like that there was a major issue with me and i think that's the negative stigma that comes with the word therapy is that when you hear someone's like oh man this guy this guy must be fucking crazy or something or like you know something really crazy is going on or maybe he's on drugs or like whatever and I mean, not that's not always the case you know
1: No, no. And sometimes you just need to talk to somebody and and learn stuff. I mean, I honestly, when I first moved to Portage, I went, I talked to our, our, the school counselor, like once or twice a week for Mm -hmm. a little while, because I was missing a lot of school. And like, I was just anxious all the time going to school. It was like, you know, I know some kids, you move somewhere, it's new. Kids don't like that at a younger age. Mm -hmm. For some reason, it made me so anxious. And at the time, I remember talking to him and he never ever mentioned the word anxiety or anxious. Like, I don't think that was like a thing that people talked about. Right. But I would just, you know, whatever it was like, the Tuesday, Thursday thing or whatever, or Monday, Friday, whatever, whatever the times where I I talked to him. Um, I remember him always, I would just go in there. Like, so I just feel I don't know, I felt nervous coming to school today. Well, why? I don't really know. And then, like, he would, I don't even know what we would talk about it. He would just be like, well, you got friends? I'm like, yeah, I made friends. You like your friends? Yeah, yeah, they're cool. What do you what do you guys do? Well we play basketball or like you know and that and that's what it was. just him talking to me and then he's like, if you're if you ever need me, like if you are ever super nervous or I come to school, just put a note in and I' come get you you know and from one of your classes and we'll talk and I did that a couple times. I was super anxious. I wrote him a wrote wrote him a note, put it on his in his box or whatever it was outside of his his office and he'd come and we'd talk. and I don't know it, how long that lasted. it's hard to remember, but I remember I didn't go there the whole year. Even the whole, like, semester. Um, and I don't know. And I still, at the time, I had no idea what it was. I was just was always super nervous to go to school. And, like, you know, when I first, like, talked about all this, like, growing up with the anxiety on the other podcast, and my mom was like, like, she said she felt bad. And I was like, wow, I don't, like, <clears throat> excuse me, open it up about it. I didn't want anybody, like, to feel bad. You know, they did great. It's just that was, like, something I kept to myself. Yeah, so much that like nobody until I would tell anybody, nobody would know. Because I wouldn't like if I was nervous or anxious to go to like a, an event or a party or if we went to the mm-hmm. beach or whatever ended up being. None of you guys knew that I was off or I was nervous because I'd show up, be joking around, happy, having a good time. And at the time, I'm good. Once I'm there, I'm good. Whenever mm-hmm. we're doing something, I'm good. It's the getting there that was like, All right, well, what's the scene going to be like? And then once I'm there, I'm good. So it's like yeah. um, nobody knows until you you open up, and just talking to a few people about it made such a huge difference for me.
0: You and I operate in the same way as far as we we feel better uh, opening up. So for you, because you had issues with internalizing things, you know you felt the need to talk to your problems to whoever like me I'm, I'm the same way like it's especially now like there's you know some things that I've already addressed to you that I'm worried about in my life but instead of just like keeping it inside pretending that it's not there I felt like it always became a more bigger issue than it really was and it's still a big issue but it just seems like it just it's times infinity whenever I don't speak about it and address it and like you said, accept it, you accept those thoughts. And then what are you, what are the next steps that you're doing to make sure that feeling doesn't happen again, or to make the situation better. So I'm like a huge advocate on if you got anybody that you can confide in and talk about whatever, purely judgment free, and they're just down to listen, you know, go seek out that person, you know, and they, and they don't, they're not there to give you advice on what you should do or how you should be feeling. Like, you know, they should be like an open door for you, you know, and talk to you whenever you want. So I know, I feel like we got that with each other. I got that with a lot of uh, other homies too, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm really. Now go ahead. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So like, yeah,
1: I, I, and sometimes you just gotta be honest like, and tell somebody, like, Hey, I'm not here for advice. I just need to get this out because mm-hmm. like sometimes you start i'm the type of person if you come to me with like oh i got these things going on i am such a solution driven person that i'm gonna try to find a solution for you i'm like would you try this did you do that like oh there it goes and sometimes that's not what people need and i get that a lot with like like jessica will come to me and talk about you know something and i'll just solution solution i'll start throwing solutions and like ways to fix things like that's not that's not what i'm here for i'm just venting like whatever it is i'll like, oh, okay my bad like yeah to me i need to hear that up front like i'm just gonna hear i'm here to vent and then i know okay shut up you you don't need to put out solutions because maybe if that's just how my brain works you know like being an engineer there's issues you find a solution you fix it and like sometimes you you don't need that sometimes somebody just needs to come out just you know get all that out whatever's inside get it out of there and they'll feel better
0: Yeah. Well, that's always been you, though. Like, you know, it's I think that's always been your mentality ever since, you know, sixth grade when we first met was you've always been the giver type, super friendly, cared about their friends and family and stuff like that. And if there was a problem, you offered every solution you could. But yeah, in a lot of cases, guys, it's just when someone wants to come up and talk to you, you know, you let them just fire off. Okay, you just listen and that's it, you know, and and that's all that they need. You know, they like I, like we just said, they're not looking for advice all the time. They just they've been bottling up so many emotions for so long, and they're feeling some type of way. They just they don't know who to turn to. So when they finally open up to you, it's like you really have to cherish that because that that feeling is
1: fragile. Mm-hmm. Yep, and if you you know if if I was like pick the wrong person, to open up to, and they're like, bro, you're fine. Get over it. But like, ah yeah, you know what? You're right. I should just man up. And, then, and that didn't help nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that. That didn't do. That it didn't do nothing for me. I was trying to get some stuff out. You tell me to man up. So, thanks.
0: Yeah, for, for real. Well, well, I'm glad that you were able to talk to somebody, dude. You know, it was sound like it was a long time coming. And I would say you're in a lot better place now than when we had that conversation over the phone. Probably, oh, sure. like you said, a year ago, man, yeah. a year ago. Um, And I can definitely say, like, I'm in a lot better place now since I've been in North Carolina, my mental state, just getting here, just getting here and the weather change alone just put me in a whole better mood. <laughs> you know, the responsibilities are a little bit more. But like I said, I didn't I can't say I, I grew up faster than what most people are like. We know people that are 23, 24, 25 years old, got great family. They got a house, all other stuff. But it doesn't do my mental health good to compare my situation to theirs. And then to circle back what we talked about earlier, when some people have it worse than others is don't do the comparative suffering thing. Like if you feel some type of way, don't don't feel like your feelings are inferior because you think somebody else has it worse. It doesn't take away how how you feel. You still have those feelings, but it doesn't do you any good to compare someone else's situation to yours because they walked a different path and they're going through a different set of solutions, just like you are. So, you know.
1: Yeah, man, you can't be on social media or in life comparing other people's successes to your own, other people's shortcomings to your own. Like That, that don't do nobody any good, man. They just, they don't.
0: So I thought we got a lot of good stuff in, bro. I really liked both episodes that we've been able to drop on, on mental health and I'm hoping more people can, can engage and reach out. And, you know, if you guys have any questions at all, uh, you have our Instagram, no, what is it? No script underscore podcast. I yep. keep getting the underscore messed up, man, yep. but we will let you guys know when this episode drops. Um, we'll link it on our IG stories, Dan, we got the TikTok popping, right? Or not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to start, uh, get more videos out on TikTok. So it's, it's on there. I forgot what the handle is at the moment. Cause I, I don't go on there very often. Okay. But uh, like I said, it's it, 2022
0: yeah. guys. Okay. We're finally getting back into the swing of things. We launched 2021 on the right foot. And then toward the tail end of the year, we're kind of slacking <laughs> off. So just cut us some slack, but it would be much appreciated if you would share our page, share our stories. We would love that. You know, even if you already follow, share it to your friends, like, the more the merrier we would love that
1: yeah especially for like an episode like this so like you don't know who is going through something that you know is out there on your friends list or your page somehow you know you, you share something like this i'm not saying that we have tremendous voices and we're gonna you know help everybody but even it, just hearing like okay well i'm a guy i feel i should man up and then hearing two other guys talk about it like yeah it's okay to talk to somebody You know, regardless, or I mean, even if you don't do that, do some research on your own. It's okay to work on your own mental health Mm -hmm. and not feel like I'm just going to toughen it up because that's not going to help you. Absolutely. So even if it
0: brings you the feeling of after at the end of it, if you listen to this and you can finally say, like, wow, I'm, I'm not alone in this. Like these guys feel the same way, too. And they sound like they're progressing and they're doing better and you can use that as fuel for yourself. Like, okay, it's going to get better for me too. I just, I need to find a way. So like Dan said, we, I'm not King Midas. I ain't got the gold touch, but we do think that our personal experiences can help out and touch somebody in a positive way. So do we have anything else that we need to address then before we sign off?
1: Yeah. Just one more thing uh, based on what I, you are just saying, that you're not mm-hmm. alone, man, nobody, Okay. Nobody wants to hear this. All right. You're not special. Okay. Ain't nobody special. Nobody's a one-on-one. Okay. Everybody mm-hmm. has something that somebody else is going through or has gone through as well. That's what I'm saying. If even if you want to research and read and you Google something, you're going to find tons of people who feel the same way. So like you internalize, ah, like nobody even I know is going through this. Like you're not alone. Okay. You're not that special. Okay. We're all special to somebody else, but realistically mm-hmm. you're not a one-on-one. Everybody's been through something like that. So.
0: Exactly. Your situation may be particular and a little bit more detailed to you, but there is somebody out there upon the billions that live on this planet that you could probably reference to and take some advice or some comfort in their story to help you out. So if we got nothing else, I said, follow us on no script underscore podcast. The TikTok will be popping, too. We'll keep you posted on IG. This has been a no script podcast.
1: We out. Still screaming, still screaming